Oh, I'm so scared. See? Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm the terrified Christine. Ooh, I, yeah, you're, I was going to say, we should have had like spooky nicknames, but I can never remember to do that in time. Anyway, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to come up with anything anyway. Well, I always like your old, your, your good old fashioned Christine, like the car movie. That's, that is true. Yeah. The most famous of us all. Indeed. Uh, so we are a film podcast and we talk about movies. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but I mean, like, I think we both kind of have one favorite genre if we yes. had to pick one. Yeah. Would I, pick? I would say so. Yeah. Uh, period dramas. <laughs> uh, college based comedies would be mine. Yep. yep. <laughs> of course, we kid you. We are talking about horror, although maybe not. Uh, we're talking about scary movies, which which uh, there's, I'm not going to get into the um, annoying complexities of when people decide to call scary movies thrillers or elevated horror, all that other stupid terminology. Uh, point is, movies that scare us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I... This turned into a big thought exercise mm, for me yeah. because I I agree with you. It's not necessarily we're not necessarily picking air quotes scary movies. Yeah, we did it's not m- say the our five favorite horror movies. Yeah. We said for us, what are our scariest movies? Scariest movies, and I think that that for me is a little unquantifiable. Sure, because like the horror films elicit a lot of feelings, mm-hmm. and for me. Fright isn't usually why I'm there. I'm yeah. not there to be to be made afraid. I'm there for other reasons, um, and that is just you know a result of the genre sometimes. So I really had to distinguish what I found scary versus mm. what I just found upsetting mm-hmm. or disturbing. disturbing. And and I think for me that was a tough web to untangle. Yeah, I love it because this came up a few weeks ago when we were talking about movies, and I, I I remember making the comment of like being disappointed that I wasn't scared, and you kind of said you're like, oh, you like to be scared. I'm like, of course I do. That's why I'm a horror fan. But it's so interesting to me that um and the same like I. I, for me, it is different because if I hear, oh, this is a scary movie, I want to sit down with the lights off and jump. I want to feel it in my throat. I want to have a nightmare about that movie later that night. But if that's not going to happen, I am still going to enjoy, get so much else out of a horror movie that I won't get out of a comedy that didn't make me laugh or a mm-hmm. drama that didn't mm-hmm. make me feel things. Yep. Um, so it's, it is weird because, I mean, as, as we kind of said last time, my my favorite movie of all time is Dawn of the Dead, which is not going to be one of my scariest movies of all time, because I don't find uh-huh. it scary. I just find it to be a movie that is a warm blanket for me. Yeah. It's 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 interesting how... Yeah. And I think maybe that's why it is my favorite genre, mm. because it is like a fantasy or a sci-fi. When you have that speculative element, it's, it's about so much more. And yeah. not like that it can be about so much more, because anything can be about so much more. But within these speculative genres, it's kind of like almost a guarantee that it's mm. going to be it's going to be about class or it's going to be about race or it's going to be about sexism or yep. it's going to be about something else in addition to like a scary monster, which yeah. is why I'm there. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm looking at my list and there are things about it that are just ooh boo scary this made me jump yeah sure that's there but it's not there in every movie and within all of those movies there is something 
fundamental about every one of these five that either deeply personal thing that affects Mm -hmm. me or broad fear in general that I think this particular movie taps into really well. Mm -hmm. Um, It really, this was such a fun exercise. And I know for me, I was curious how you like put your list together because after we finished kind of recording our last episode and said, this is what we're going to do. I immediately like made a quick list of the ones that popped into my head. Me too. All yeah. of those are the ones that I ended up going with. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I love my it. Top, my top five, except for one, were the ones I thought of the second I have them yep. scrawled on a, a separate little piece of paper. I banged out the, the top four immediately. And then oh. I was like, okay, I have to actually sit and think about this. But nothing else I thought of was able to yeah. un, like unthrone, dethrone yeah. those those top four. Um, and I think that that was – that's – to me part of it yep. what immediately when you said what scared you christine what immediately popped into my head yeah, and what that's were those what, that's images what, what were those sounds yeah. those things yeah. that you just even there are movies on this list that i watch a lot there are movies i have not watched in years yep. and it just it didn't matter because these are the ones that jumped into my head because they're the ones that scare me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> like I, I want to drop hints but I don't I want to like talk about the decades I have and not but no, I feel like we should I we guess can, just mm. we can we can just jump in do you want to just right. alternate on the top five yeah let's do okay. it and I'm not going to go in any order because I, I either. yeah I, I don't I can't tell you what my scariest one is I don't know no. any one of these five gave me nightmares and made me feel things so yeah M- mine are not in order as well also, I was just recently guested on uh, a lovely podcast uh, called uh, Scarred for Life. Ooh. And um, one of the, the, what they talk about is the first thing that terrified you yes. as like a child. And um, there, there's like a, there was like a no movie repeat. So there was actually like my first two thoughts had already been covered. Been mm-hmm. So I, deci- I decided to go a different way. And I talked about the... Uh, a punky brewster episode the scary punky brewster episode which i will not talk about here because we're not talking about tv but if you want to hear me talk about the first thing that actually gave me nightmares fascinating oh my god i I do what i don't i i know punky brewster i watched a lot when i was a kid but i never went back to it my my i think of the refrigerator episode as a very important episode just because of my own industry uh what is the scary punky brewster episode there is a two-parter, I believe it's called oh. Perils of Punky, where they go on a camping trip, and mm-hmm. there is this uh, kind of racist indigenous cave with some monsters and some spooky stories, but basically it's all about Punky's abandonment issues, oh. so as she goes deeper into the cave, all of her friends disappear and, or turn into yeah. monsters, and her surrogate dad says he doesn't want her anymore. <gasps> like So, like, it, it but, like, it, so it... It is, it's very scary for a sure. little kid because I was little when that show yeah. was on. It was a lot. And and apparently there's a whole there's a whole grouping of people like me <laughs> in who, therapy because of it. <laughs> who were terrified by it. But nice. it was the first thing that I, I, I talk about it on the podcast, but there's a scene where Cherry, if you remember mm-hmm. Cherry from Punky Brewster, she 
it's like a dummy head and like with a very long neck that kind of comes out of the wall and i used to have nightmares about that like i would be laying in bed thinking i was awake but i'd be dreaming and then that head would come out of the wall at me but i wouldn't know that i was asleep oh my gosh scary (laughs) that i i yeah i mean i'm pretty proud of my five lists but i don't think anything on there tops that so that was the truly the first thing Thing that's yeah And that's the tough thing about doing this list. I actually like, don't like to be scared. I learned very early, Mm. like in the, in the, in the mid (laughs) eighties that I I didn't like to be scared and I never sought it out. So uh, that's kind of what makes this difficult. Yeah. (laughs) So with Uh, that, do do you want to start? Um, sure. The first one I'll talk about is super obvious and I've talked about it at length. Um, it's Poltergeist. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. (laughs) It is not on mine. (laughs) I figured Poltergeist. So this is, this, uh, this is a trend. I saw it when I was, uh, too young, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it is scary. Like the, obviously the clown is scary and scared a lot of people. I think just Carol Ann getting sucked into a closet is scary. But again, talked about this at length. Face ripping off is is something that um, disturbed me on such a visceral level that mm-hmm. I almost threw up when I saw it. So. Sure. <laughs> how do you remember how old you were when you first watched it? Um, so Poltergeist came out in '82. I saw on cable. I was eating a burrito. My dad was still around. So I don't know, 88 maybe, okay, 89? Because yeah. that's the thing. And I mean, most peop- most film people know this, but if, you, if you're younger and don't, Poltergeist is one of the reasons we have a PG-13 rating. Because Poltergeist came out when you had PG and R and X. And by all accounts, there was no, you know, not much nudity, not much cursing. There's terror, but it's not gore. And so Poltergeist came out as a... You know, made by the guy who made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or or also made by the guy who made E.T. that year. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was a hugely popular commercial movie that families would go to thinking, this is fine, and you would rent it. I remember even in college, uh, a friend was having a sleepover that she was, like, hosting for, like, a mentorship program she was doing. So it was a bunch of little kids. She's like, yeah, I rented Poltergeist. I'm like, oh, no, oh. no, you should not do that. She's like, no, it says it's rated PG. I'm like, okay, let me give you a film history lesson. But that's the thing about that movie was that it was never – it is a horror movie. You cannot not call it that. But I bet to, like, the public perception, it doesn't feel like one because it is Spielbergian in so many yeah. ways. But it is – um, it is terrifying on so many different levels because if you are a parent, it's about your child being taken from you. Mm-hmm. If you are a kid, it's about being abandoned. It's mm-hmm. also about the, your, the things you love and the toys in your room and innocent objects trying to kill you. Yeah. It taps into yeah. a lot of of really terrifying stuff that, that I, I talk about this with Mike Flanagan a lot. I feel mm. like Mike Flanagan is able to to be embody a kid embody what what scares a child yeah. how a child sees these these fearful terrifying things and poltergeist is, is also able to do that and and so to see to be appealed to with like like adult level horror as a child is yeah. is, is, is scary because i'm like no it's too effective 
stop it. It it makes such a difference when a movie understands a child's point of view and and understands a child in danger and what that means. Mm -hmm. Because I know I've mentioned before how, for me, like, Friday the 13th Part 6, which I think is actually one of the best Friday the 13ths, is what killed Jason to me as being something scary. Same thing, Freddy Krueger wasn't scary to me. Why? Because both of them were presented as they only kill teenagers. Yeah. And when you watch them as a kid, you're like, okay, so I'm safe. So then something like Poltergeist, which is, a whole idea is, no, 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 this evil is seeking out children. And, like, for me, as a, like, a little, being a little girl, obviously you were a little girl too, any time there was that avatar in a movie, that just would make it so much more terrifying. And so many of my, the movies that did scare me as a kid, and for, Poltergeist 3 for me was one of those, because it's very, it's, Carol Ann is the main focal point of that movie, even more so than Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And it just was so upsetting, because, oh no, kids are supposed to be safe in movies. No, not in this one. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's my, 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 top, my first. Okay. Um, all right. There's a lot of different ways I can go from there. Um, but I guess we're talking about kids, talking about kids in peril, uh, talking about that, those first movies that Ooh. really, really terrified us. I think I know us. what it is. I can't not say Child's Play. I knew it. Yeah. I think, that, I think I know another one too. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was one of those, I'm like, you know, the thing about Child's Play, which looking, mm-hmm. I, I will, I will say on my list, Child's Play is probably to other horror fans, to a lot of other horror fans out there. If they looked at my list, they'd be like, oh, that's the, that's, that's the throwaway. That's the one that wouldn't make necessarily the hundred scariest movies list. Um, that's fine if people feel that way, because if you watch Child's Play today, if you watch it as a grown-up, it is a little dated. It, you know, it mm-hmm. does certain things that probably feel silly today. But if you were six-year-old Emily in 1988, and you liked scary movies, but you also were afraid of dolls, and you were afraid of dolls because your brother poked the eyeball out of a doll you had, and then your sister would chase you around the house with it when your mother wasn't home. So you just didn't like, you liked stuffed animals, but you didn't like dolls. And <laughs> it was your brother's birthday, and uh, he said for his birthday he wanted to go see that new doll movie. And you said, but I don't want to, I'm only six. And, it, and you know, your mother said, well, we're, go- we're all going to the movies, and we're not getting a babysitter just for you, youngest child. Um, so I saw Child's Play at the age of six in a movie theater. I had nightmares for weeks. Um, and here's the thing about why Child's Play is so scary. Because it is about a six-year-old boy uh, mm-hmm. who has a, who ha- gets a doll, and that doll is his friend. That doll is supposed to be something that he can trust. It's supposed to be that, like, one thing in the world that is on his side. Uh, it is all of the comfort in the world in this thing that he can carry around. And I had stuffed animals like that, that I would tell my secrets to. And I, I didn't write in a diary because I had brothers and I figured they would read it. So instead I would just whisper in my pound puppy's ear. And the idea of child's play is fundamentally, it is about that thing that is innocent and that you love and that is supposed to be there for you turning against you and instead trying to steal your soul or your body rather because it's never really clear eventually in the series it is clear that Mm -hmm. when Chucky goes into if he were ever to go into Andy um what happens is Andy's soul goes into this doll and is stuck there or it goes into hell it's it's, again it depends on which which part of the series we're watching but the point is it, it is not just that this doll is trying to kill him which is pretty terrifying to a kid it is it is also that 
this doll is trying to take like himself from him his life yep. from him um and there are image there's imagery in that movie that's still i that i see and i still like kind of like get the chills when oh. when the the um psychiatrist is killed right mm-hmm. so there's a psychiatrist who's kind of a villainous character just and he's not like again as an adult you watch it you're like no if i was that guy i would think this kid is crazy but in the movie, he's kind of seen as, like, a barrier, so he's sort of yeah. a villain. But so as a kid, like, I don't want him to, to, you know, I want him out of the way. But Chucky puts a, what would you even call that, like, a headpiece for electroshock therapy and turns yeah. it all the way up. And the way the movie does it is that he gets electrocuted, but his face just basically turns black and crispy, and there's smoke coming out of his ears. And, like, that image is really upsetting for a six-year-old. Um and you would think like, okay, I, I got over it because, and I did after essentially I would go to sleep at night and I would have nightmares and I would wake up and my parents would have to come in. Eventually, like my family rotated reading me bedtime stories to kind of like calm me down. Um, and I got over it by the next year at Christmas time. What was one of the presents I opened but a VHS of Child's Play? Because by that point, I was like, I had gone yeah. from being terrified of something to loving it and kind of being obsessed with it. Um, over the years, I would occasionally, if it had been a couple of years since I'd watched Child's Play, I would rewatch it. And it was fascinating how every time I did, I would immediately have like a nightmare or two afterwards. And even today, I still do. When Chucky has become this wonderful property, um less scary and more used for all these other things mm-hmm. but even today if i sit down and watch child's play i will probably have a nightmare where chucky is trying to get me even and even in the dream i might be a grown-up it doesn't matter it's just still this thing that has always stayed with me of just being so powerless because the thing that you gave all of your trust to turned on you uh yeah i think What's interesting to me about so Ch- I I don't remember when I saw Child's Play I was probably lightly early like like kind of young but not like six not that level of young <laughs> I was like youngish though and I I think maybe think maybe this is a case where I saw the second one first mm, sure. um and and it I definitely this, it felt disturbed by it but didn't like latch onto it in any way and I think it's so interesting what we what we do. What does stick with us yeah. in these like meaningful, formative ways? Um, uh, it, it's interesting how many other six-year, how many other six-year-olds saw Child's Play <laughs> and never thought about it again. Yeah, and or and... like was like, fell asleep or were was yep. play, playing with like a like an action figure and then didn't even didn't even pay attention or found it funny like or yeah. laughed at it and instead like I would. I mean, the way every kid kind of makes up, like, rules in their mind of, like, when a monster can get you, like, the whole, oh, if the monster's under your bed, so if you don't wear socks, it can get you. Like, all those Mm -hmm. different things that kids do. And for me, because my brothers, like, had a poster of Chucky in their rooms, and what I had found was, like, when I was in our basement in our house, um, that's where I started to, like, make rules about Chucky can get me only if I am on the floor, not on the rug. But then Chucky and Dolly Dearest can get me if I am on the stairs. I have to run up the stairs really quickly. Like, all those different rules I made in my head. And, like, and again, I was obsessed with these movies after that year. Like, because then you did get rip-offs. You had, you had Dolly Dearest. You had mm-hmm. other toys I would get that I would look at and be like, oh, my God, this looks like Chucky. 
And every one of them sort of went into this mental hellish bank of rascals in my head that were after me. But I also loved it. Like, it was fascinating to me to have something that could get me that wanted to hunt me, I guess. That's, uh, that's very interesting. You and I uh, approach being afraid differently. We do, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that any, you know, I think everybody approaches it pretty differently, I'd say. That That is true. I, there is... <laughs> I, I sometimes, this is a little tangential, but I'm just going to say it because it, I think it frames how I think a little bit. But um, I haunted houses are something I've never been able to understand. And I've often said that haunted houses are for privileged people. Makes <laughs> the sense. Fact, the fact that you, you are in a position, like mentally, physically, like autosonomically or whatever, that you can have someone jump out at you and it make you not want to die is like, great. I'm so happy for everybody <laughs> that can do that. But like, I am, I have such a heightened fight or flight. Like the idea of be of willingly placing myself in a position where someone can scare, like it will shut down my nervous system. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I, the idea of loving being afraid is yeah. just so foreign to me. I hate it. It's like, you don't buy yourself creepy clown dolls to sit on your shelf to look at you with you thinking it could kill me. It could wake up at night and kill me. Like you don't enjoy that kind of thing. But see, I do because I don't, I'm not actually afraid of that. Uh, so okay. I, I don't know what mine is. Mine's probably much more existential. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the void of human. Yeah, kind of. Um, okay. Can I, this kind of goes into my next one. Let's hear it. Okay, so my next one is actually Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh! But not really. Ooh. Because I think Nightmare on Elm Street is phenomenal. And I that first one is just gr- a great movie. I know that Freddy goes wild directions mm-hmm, and, sure. and changes for people. But that first one, he is menacing. He is scary. Yeah. He is shadowy. And I walked downstairs and saw my parents watching this i again i don't know how i had to be very young very very young to still be sneaking downstairs and i snuck down sneakily enough that i kind of was able to sit behind the couch so they couldn't see me but i could see the tv Uh and i don't know how much of it i watched but i remember going back upstairs turning on all my bedroom lights wrapping a blanket around me and sitting in the middle of my bed terrified and I knew I was going to get in trouble but I had to tell my mom because I was so scared I could not get to sleep I did not sleep that night well obviously for for reasonable reasons it seemed that seemed so feasible to me yeah it seemed so believable that falling asleep could be dangerous which is a wild thing for a kid to be like yeah i buy into this premise and once that's unlocked then you're like well what the what what, how how can i sleep but i have to sleep but how can i sleep Yeah. yeah and then similarly to your chucky thing i developed this unhinged fear that freddie was in the toilet Ooh, yeah was it and because that, of the okay i don't know if you had this case i as a kid was would, was a big video store kid walk around look at the covers and the ghoulies cover always maybe. terrified me even though it's a terrible movie but the ghoulies cover was a toilet with a little ghoulie coming out yeah. and it was so horrifying to think that something could get me on the toilet and i wonder if you conflated it, the two it probably something like that because i had no reason to 
feel that way. Right. Um, but it was just that, like, I feel like he, and it could just be because of dreams. He will get you when you are yeah. at your most vulnerable on, on the toilet. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, that was something that had, I, it residually hung out in my head. I never was afraid of Freddy. It was the feeling that Friday the third, not Friday the third, Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street, Street gave yeah. me that I was mm. afraid of. And I couldn't, I didn't shake that until probably into my early teen years. I would occasionally just need to run upstairs or <sighs> like flick on a light really fast yeah. or, or like get this like intense feeling that that oh no you need to jump into bed because there is suddenly something under your bed and this is like 12 years old not young and it was and it wasn't freddy it was just that feeling that manifested as something that i felt the first time i saw nightmare on elm street by accident wow oh yeah yeah I, i i don't think i knew that about you no i don't talk about that one that much because it's not like I can look back, I can, Poltergeist scared me and continued to scare me, but Freddy didn't, it was just that experience. And then mm. I didn't watch those, the Elm Street movies again until much later. I think I saw a new nightmare on television shortly after it released. And that's my Elm Street movie. That's the movie I saw a lot growing mm-hmm. up. So it faded and changed. Sure. And then by the time I saw the first one again, I was closer to like adult probably early 20s mm-hmm. and, th- and that was all gone by then like I didn't feel that yeah. way anymore but um wow. yeah <laughs> I mean there are things about that movie because I it wasn't for me kind of a hallmark it was I'd say I probably saw one really close to seeing three and four like mm-hmm. they all kind of in my mind at the time went together and obviously three and four are so tonally different yeah. that if you first saw three and then go back to one it it is not it's just not nearly as scary because it's already kind of gone a different path and then circled back. But there are things about that movie that I think um, it's, it's the little girl singing, which is one of those things that will get yeah. me no matter what. If you have children singing in a movie, I am terrified. Uh, it's the dreaminess. It's the, like, I'm, as I'm talking about it, I'm hearing the theme Right, that very like do 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 do, mm-hmm. like just that, yeah, and uh, that just kind of tone of that movie, I could see where it would imprint on you at a certain point and would feel absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and again, fundamentally, yeah. you can't escape it. You are going to I, fall asleep. You have yep. to. So I think a theme will be it's existential fears that really have always gotten sure. to me. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, I'm I'm debating well, where I go next. Okay, um, I'm so curious. Okay, so let me. You know what? Okay, this one also. I'm gonna go with with this one because it's a movie that um I did watch at a, at a young age, and the first time I watched it, it was one of those movies I watched as a kid, and it terrified me, and then f- kind of forgot about it for years, and then eventually this movie itself kind of had a renaissance, which I'm very happy for. Um, And when I went back to it and watched it, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much else in this movie that is terrifying. But the things that scared me as a kid were things that are so specific to different aspects of it. So I am talking about 1990s The Exorcist 3. Oh, wow. Well, I'm always down to talk about The Exorcist 3, but I'm so surprised. Yeah. So I remember. So here's the thing. Let me frame this a bit. 
Because as a kid, I was constantly looking for scary movies, as we've said. And I remember being probably about nine and watching The Exorcist and being really excited because everybody in the world said this is the scariest movie of all time, right? Every grown-up I knew would talk about how when they saw it in the theater and they were so scared and they didn't sleep for weeks, okay, finally, I'm ready for this movie. And I watched it and I was like, eh, I don't know, it's fine. I really, I was not impressed by The Exorcist. Now, my theory is simply that I was the wrong age. I was both too young and too old because I was too seasoned by that point for some of the um, cosmetic scares to work on me at that age. Mm. I'd seen worse than seeing yeah. Reagan's head spin around. I'd, I'd seen much worse in every zombie movie I'd rented from the video store. But also, I was at an age where I kind of didn't fully get what it all meant, what the idea of you know being possessed or of having somebody you love possessed or this sort of religious aspect to it. So it's about a year or two later. I think I'm about 10 years old when The Exorcist 3, I don't even know why, like, I don't remember renting it, but somehow it was late at night and I was watching it. I think I was alone watching it. And for whatever reason, I, and I have a feeling I conflate this a little bit with The First Power, which was a movie I was like obsessed with as a kid. <laughs> and I think it must have been something where like, I knew it was kind of like that. So I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll watch this. And the thing about the kind of, again, I keep saying using the word cosmetic, but like, I mean it, like the looks, there's certain images of Exorcist 3 that as a kid now at the age of 10, who had, was not like, I'm, I'm not going to say I was Catholic, I was sort of raised Catholic, I wasn't going to Catholic school, but we would do what they call religion class, where like once a mm -hmm. week, you go to like a parent's house and you do a Bible story and so on. Mm -hmm. So by the age of like 10 is right where like, you start being really terrified of everything the Catholic priests are telling you. Just because suddenly, now you've gotten to the grisly part of Jesus dying, and now you start to think about hell and what it's going to be like, and how all these things that you start doing are going to might take you down there. And um, in the meantime, if you've ever gone into a Catholic church, you have like Jesus right in the middle over the priest, and it can be really gruesome. A lot of times it's like Jesus bleeding down and, you know, you see his ribs and you see yeah. all the holes on him. And like, it's a, and it's a sight that ki like I would see several times a year when I'd have to go to church and religious imagery started to freak me out around that age. Mm, and Exorcist 3 has so much of that. It has a lot of just, there. there's a statue and suddenly you cut back to the statue and it has a weird face and then you go away and you never think about it again. And as a kid, I remember when the movie ended, going to bed and turning off the light and starting to go to bed and then immediately turning the light on, where I'm like, I don't want the lights out right now. I'm going to wait mm -hmm. until, and there was a way to do it where like, you could walk, swing over to the staircase and reach your arm and keep the one light on and turn the other light on and then turn that light off. And that's what I did that night. And I, I didn't think about the movie again for years because nobody ever talked about it. It wasn't, you know, it was... The Exorcist Part 3. Not a movie that was regularly airing on HBO. Yeah. Not something kids in the playground were talking about. And it was probably like when I was in my late 20s one day that I think I got it from Netflix. I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember liking this as a kid. And when I sat down and watched it and it all came back to me, but also watching it and saying, this movie is terrifying. It Yes, it has the big jump scare of the nurse scene. Everybody knows it. It is, to me, the best jump scare of all time, quite possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, even that aside, you can take that scene out and I still find this movie terrifying because something it does today that I can look at it and say, why, why does this scare me? 
it's because it is fear through language and words and you see some things but for the most part you just hear about it you hear george c scott reading william peter blatty's dialogue and describing a murder scene and what he saw and it is all words in your head and you have drawn up that picture and it is just the most horrifying sight you can imagine and you don't need to see it because it's that good that it does that for you um and I mean, it's, it's a fascinating movie because it's had a journey. There are different cuts of it. You can watch one with a completely different ending than the one that initially came out. Every cut of it is works for me because there's different... The things about it that get under my skin, it's not just the jump scares. It's not just that it's a well-made horror movie. It's a movie that just kind of understands certain things that are wrong in the world and finds ways to sort of like push that inside of you in a way that I just find really upsetting. I can agree with you um, on that. I didn't see it until uh, I was very old. Um, Unfortunately, it took me a very long time to watch it. It wasn't, it wasn't one that got tossed around. It really wasn't. It, it that that's that's true it was kind of one of those like cool cool people movies that i didn't really know was actually good mm-hmm. for for a while um but similar to you i i had seen so many clips of the exorcist like the original exorcist that like by the time i saw the full movie i was like all right right this is it man (laughs) our parents generation were wimps now see that movie is a movie my mom still can't watch sure she gets real freaked out by it but i also understand that she and i are very saw it at very different times in our lives when films were different and she didn't expect to see what she saw when she saw the exorcist Mm. i'm watching 100 scariest movie moments or whatever or whatever the very young equivalent was that (laughs) i I saw reagan's head turn around i saw pazuzu i saw everything a million years before i saw the the whole movie but yeah when i saw exorcist 3 i i it's the existential shit for me man that movie is is terrifying because of the implications of it and so i this isn't on any of my lists but i will say i feel personally like william peter blatty is is I, I I love him and deeply, 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 deeply. Um, the Ninth Configuration for me yeah. is a movie that I feel like, kind of like what you said, mm-hmm. shows me shows me things that I don't want, I'm not ready for, I don't want to acknowledge are real, I don't want to know that this this way of thinking, this way of being exists. It's like we all it's have these these like thoughts in our head and like deep down fears that we never think about that are just like mm-hmm. pushed to the side of our head. And I think both of those movies, it's him, like, it's like he has taken tongs and reached down and just plucked it right out and put it right in the front and said, oh, no, but there is nothing. Oh, no, but you might go to space and never come back. It's like all those little things of just, right, there is nothing. Oh, you've given your your life to the church. Well, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, Oh, you're a perfect choir boy. Okay, I'm going to decapitate you and take out your innards and do this and that and that and make sure that your mother sees it like it's just all of these it's it's the specificness I think and that's something that I love about the dialogue of both of those movies because it is him uh, directing and writing 
movies out of his books. Mm-hmm. And that often does not go well, but every now and then the language is, is strong enough and specific enough. And when it is put in the mouths of really good actors, yes. it comes out in such a way where you could just, both of those movies could have just been George C. Scott or Oliver Reed just staring at you and reading, just reading the script. And I still would have been that terrified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good one. I it's one that I don't like to watch a lot because it's not one you can lightly throw on. Casually. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily a pleasant watch. No. So yeah, I I don't watch it as much as I I don't think I watch it as much as it deserves because I I think it's phenomenal. But like I don't know if I want to do that often. Yeah, it's a lot. It's one <laughs> it's of my lot. five scariest movies of all time. So yes. Yay, good choice. Thank you. Thank you. All right, number three. Um, so now we're getting into. Christine needs to really explain these things. Ooh, um, favorites. So it's Labyrinth. Yay! Not on but, mine because I never found it scary, but is on my list of all-time favorite films. So. But so I I don't think it's scary now. Obviously, I'm you know I I guess maybe Labyrinth is ma- more my child's play. Mm, I guess. Okay. The, the, so my mom taped Labyrinth off TV for me and then was like, I remember it very vividly. Um, I liked the Muppets a lot. I, I liked Sesame Street a lot. The Muppet movies were something that I just watched on repeat um, up until that point. So she taped it off television and she presented it to me. It was very much like, oh, I here's this new Muppet thing mm-hmm. for you to watch. And Labyrinth pretty quickly opens with the wall of goblins yeah i lost my mind the first time i saw that she had to shut it off oh um and then i we got i don't know how i don't know if she prodded or if i asked but we got back to trying to watch it and i remember and she said they'll go away fast it won't be this way i remember her telling me it's not it's not scary it's not going to be this way and i was like okay okay but so we watched it and and i got through it and it became one of my favorite movies of all time uh-huh. that i can quote huge swaths of dialogue of i've seen it hundreds of times probably um it, the hands when yeah. she when she's falling the the We're big helping hands you're hurting exactly would you like us to let go the the hands man the the how untrustworthy it is yeah uh, even even hoggle, hoggle when, when he's peach. killing the fairies yeah I, I, and then the fairies bite i think it's just all this it, it presented me so much mm. but then a lot of contradiction like the fairies actually bite and Hoggle's actually helpful. And the hands say they're helping, but they're not. But maybe they were, because does she want to go back up? Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it was a lot. And I think the first time I was presented with that, it was overwhelming. And it was, to me, those goblins, that up those that up close of just that wall of goblin faces. Yeah, with those gigantic and eyeballs. And... I know it's goofy. Did she say it? Like, say I, what? I get, and I told, but like, my little brain was like, this is yeah. horrifying. I get it. My brother tried to show it to his uh, his daughters when they were really little. And like, same thing. They couldn't get 10 minutes into it. It, it was a lot. And then the rock, very quick, quickly, the boulder comes by, yeah. I think. Or whatever is in that hallway. No, no, the spinny, 
This, it's this, the um the cleaners. Yeah, comes by. I don't know. It was just the level of peril was so yeah. intense, and I didn't expect it. And I think once I saw it go through once and knew, like, hey, everybody's right. safe. She's gonna get We're out okay. of there. Okay. Yeah. Like I was able to truly embrace how much I liked it. But like how you kind of said, I was really scared yeah. of like child's play and Chucky. Right, because I was Andy the way you were Sarah. Yeah, you but put like yourself I, into that. I was scared of the goblins and I didn't like the peril and I, but like Sarah was there and she could do it and she was strong and, and I don't know. So it, 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 it turned from something that I vividly remember asking to get turned off to something yeah. that I watched almost every day. One summer wow. I watched it every day. Yep. Um, <laughs> my friends still to this day are like, Oh, are you going to, do you still bring labyrinth to sleepover parties? Because <laughs> I have the VHS note, take it everywhere. Now, yeah. when, I'm curious, at what point did you watch Dark Crystal? I'm, I can't imagine you saw it before then. Um, I think I saw it right after. Yeah, because Dark In- Crystal is scary. Like, it's a similar look, but there, everything's a little bit less cute, even. And, can, can I mean, creatures die. I tell you the first die. time I was just bored? Really? Oh, but as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. I like I that. didn't, I didn't get scared. There's at no all, musical numbers, right. so yeah. And as an adult, that one is still scary. It's very, it's upsetting. Like there, it, there it, is death. There is yep. um, torture. The sucking, <laughs> sucking yeah. your life force out. Sucking your the essence. Little, the little podlings like yeah. withering up, like horrifying. I, I watched that probably mid 20s like oh my first time as an adult watching this because I very much latched onto it as like a early teen I liked it a lot um but then I went watching it like with adult eyes I was like this is this is absolutely terrifying yeah but but uh, good and and it's just I I guess I think a lot of it for me had to do with visuals like there's so many like visuals in in um Dark Crystal that are like not scary to me, mm-hmm. that come okay. way before anything scary. But then, for for me, I felt like Labyrinth led with very mm. scary visuals, and because uh, like you know, the Gelflings are cute and nice, and the Mystics are helpful, and there's so much of that at the You're beginning. You're right. It's yeah, there, and there's a lot of dialogue too. There's for a lot real, of narration. I thought it was kind of boring. Probably I can see that. Whereas in Labyrinth, like here's a girl, here's her life, everything's normal. Oh, yeah. here are these horrific goblins who are going to kidnap her, her baby. Yeah, yeah, there's a that human touch point. I think made it too too uh yeah that you know that's a good point because i think that was one of the things that they like learned about dark crystal that they when they when they did labyrinth a few years after dark crystal part of it was them realizing like oh dark crystal is too dark um but also it was the lack of oh wait we need human beings in this story i think that was one of the theories of why dark crystal flopped was that kids didn't connect to it because they didn't directly connect to anything they didn't have that kind of touchstone Mm -hmm. and that's why with labyrinth they tried very from the beginning of oh no no we need to see a person interacting with these creatures Mm -hmm. and i mean labyrinth actually bombed as well uh it is obviously a classic today but it did not do well when it came out uh except for slumber parties and long island (laughs) Yeah. yeah well i mean everything has its place right definitely definitely um okay so all right i am going to 
switch gears to a movie I probably watched around the same age you watched Labyrinth, but um, in rare cases would ever be um, put on the same like double bill with it, unless mm-hmm. you were you or me probably. And this was one that I don't know if it's going to come up on yours. Um, so I'm a kid and I love horror movies and I'm renting every movie trying to find the scary ones. And The Exorcist was a bomb. But I don't know. Everybody says the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is really good. So when I rented Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a kid and turned it on on a Saturday afternoon when it was sunny outside and sat down to watch this movie, and it starts, and I I know what I'm getting. I've seen movies like this before. I've seen movies about pretty young teenagers going somewhere and getting killed. But, it you know, it's, it's daytime, and... These, this couple uh, are, are hanging out at a house, and the guy goes in the house, and you know nothing's going to happen yet because it's still light out. And then Leatherface comes out and beats him with the hammer, and his body shakes, and then he yanks him away and closes the door. And 10-year-old, 11-year-old me is sitting there, pauses the movie, and sits back and says, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's not supposed to happen that way! Um... I didn't see, I didn't, so I am a child of the scariest movie moments. Mm. Um, so I saw, you know, I know that Leatherface opening the door, you know. There's no music. Hit. There's no soundtrack telling yeah. me when somebody is going to jump out and nope. when somebody is not. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually watch it all the way through mm. until um, I was probably like 23, sure. 24. Um so I didn't, I had a different experience with it, but because I was so much older and, and kind of knew the beats and knew what people thought and, and like, I had a sense of it in the universe. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't scare me. Mm. Uh, obviously it did. It scared me in, in the way that it, I think it was meant to scare an adult person, <laughs> but, but it didn't, it didn't give me these like lingering terrible feelings it very easily could have if i had seen it under different circumstances yeah. so i completely understand this pick fully like yeah. from top to bottom to me it is when it's probably like the the most not obvious but like if of my list not all of them would land in a top 10 top 50 top 100 mm-hmm. of of generalists i think texas chains of massacre to me remains the scariest movie of like the best horror movie i agree um, I think the the sense of absolute horror once it's there it doesn't go away and every, it is just misery um that it is again sure middle of nowhere farmhouse all this stuff but it's more just the the fact that it just seems to not end that and I remember like when I watched it the first time thinking like that first you know 45 minutes is is for me st- and still is to me the, the scariest part of it and then at a yeah. certain point after after franklin dies which again is just one of those like they don't they can't do that they can't kill the guy in a wheelchair um but then that you have this what feels like the climax and then 20 minutes of a chase scene which as a kid at a certain point i was almost like disappointed in i'm like this is this is all we're getting like this is it and now it's over and she got away and as a kid i don't think i realized yes she got away she didn't get away yeah you know you watch it a few years later and you realize oh good she's alive this woman is never going to be the same you Mm -hmm. everything she has gone through in this one half a day is never leaving her that she is always going to be screaming in the sun as this happens um 
And I think, too, I still, when I think of the various implements that could kill me, of, of all of them, the top two that I don't want to be killed by are a hammer that is, is not going to kill me right away and my body's going to twitch, or a chainsaw. Because, my God, it must be really painful to get cut up with a chainsaw. I, and, I would believe so, yeah. yeah. And we don't see it in the movie. We never really see a chainsaw going through somebody's body. We don't see the blood splattering. But we see what a chainsaw is and we see how this creature can wield it. And we see that it is going into people in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like such a... Like, I, like we all go through different phases, I think, in life as far as fearing death. Like, at any point, we're all kind of afraid of death. But every now and then, I just think to myself, like, I've started lately having nightmares about painful death. Like, oh. of, like, knowing I'm going to die and it's a matter of, like, well, it's going to be this way or this way. It's like, okay, I'll just jump off the cliff. Oh, no. If you jump off, you're actually going to end up in a, a vat of piranhas who are going to slowly eat you from inside out. Like, there's something about that aspect of just dying in a really painful way that yeah. I think this movie also, that when the um, the first character to get caught by Leatherface, right, when uh, he, he grabs the woman and he hangs her on the meat hook and then she's in the freezer, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not just a simple, you know, machete to the head and you're gone. It's and it's it's not quite the same as Freddy toying with somebody and torturing them for hours, but it is this like just physically painful thing that is happening to you where you are trapped, you are there is no way out, and it's just not it's it's quick the the actions are quick but the process is long mm-hmm. because you're not just killed you are bled or you are trapped or you are hit in the head but not dead yet, um and just that kind of visceral. Fi- the f- the way that movie physically gets me like and also like the, the art direction and the design and the fact that like you can smell that house that doesn't help yeah. anything yeah. but yeah it just it's one of those where i think like man the, the human body is, is not meant to do certain things like go camping uh where you don't know who's there you know no it's a it's a very visceral movie yeah. and it's it's a uh... Oh, the second uh, Toby Hooper we've talked about. Indeed, uh, yeah. it it is it is a, a feat of filmmaking, and and like if anybody has anything tied up in that movie, I fucking get it. Yep, because it is to me one of the best, if not the best, horror movie ever yeah. made. I'm with you. All right, number four. What have you got? Um, Firewalk with me is my. Oh, what a good one. Oh. Uh, so now we're into things that scare scare me or have scared me as an adult. Um, the the first three really I don't get scared by these movies now. I don't find them scary. I Firewalk with me. Um, I've seen a bunch of times now. I, I really do love it. It is very challenging, and it's not a specific scene in Firewalk with me. It's I think the whole story. There are and, and there are standout parts, but in it. For me, it's not even necessarily the fear, but like the dread and the tension that 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 man. That there's so much tension and so much buildup and just so much heaviness hanging because you know the end to a degree. Yeah. Laura is going to die. Yep. It is. It is. 
the the lead up so that just adds to everything and and i i, I you know there to, for me there is a a fine line between am i afraid or am i disturbed am i afraid mm. or am i full of dread and i i do for some reason feel a need to to rip that apart in my brain this is me i don't know i don't know but like firewalk with me does everything i'm disturbed i'm full of dread i'm angsty I'm angry, I'm upset, and I'm terrified. And it's it's from the beginning. I know a lot of people when that movie came out had a problem with the fact that we started on two investigators that we'd never <laughs> met before. Um, but even when they're investigating, and that's when you see Let's Rock lit, written on a car, like that's all dreadful to me. It all feels like it's this leading up to this awful thing. And there's the scene where I'm just like off the top of my head now. There's a scene where, where Leland and Laura are in the car and I believe it's Mike, the one armed man, is behind them like yelling yeah. at the stoplight and, and, and it just it makes me so upset and uncomfortable. And all the Philip Jeffries stuff, all the David Bowie stuff, he just shows up and he's yelling and talking about something we don't understand. It's a dreadful film and i love it so fucking much that that is such a good adjective for it <laughs> it's awful and it, it's so good it, it and like i'm newer to twin peaks because i i had only watched started watching it a couple probably at this point three years ago we sat down yeah. and watched it from the beginning we did the whole we did the series we did fire walk with me then i did the supplementary fire walk with me i forget what it's called but the like hundred minute recut, oh, the missing pieces, or the missing whatever? pieces, yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, that is more sad. I think yeah. um, it's beautiful, like that that extra sort of film that's more kind of. Um, and I, I mix the two up because I've only seen them both now once. But to me, like I put them together. But I also know I feel like the missing pieces kind of takes some of the more like softer moments out. There, yeah, but there are quieter yeah. moments that I think. And just like more character stuff, yeah, it, it, it is extre- it is additive for sure. But but it's but, great. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's, and it can add to the heartbreak because, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't like you know, lady chained up, lady terrorized. Those are not stories that I enjoy. There's always a way that that Lynch handled Laura, and she was always present even when she right. wasn't present. Um, there, so to see this whole sto- her story. It, after spending hours and hours already in the Twin Peaks universe, yeah. it, that made it even worse because it is terrible. The lead up yeah. to her death is awful and tragic. And I, 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 I googled like scary movies, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of people brought up Lynch stuff, yeah. but not a lot brought. A up. lot of people go to Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people go to I think even like Eraserhead. Like there's. Oh. He... Eraserhead is terrifying. Yeah. I had a really bad reaction the first time I saw Eraserhead. It did not make this list because I was not afraid, but it sent me into a really deep existential spiral. I can see that. I, I have <laughs> one of my runners up did that in a similar way, but we'll get there. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll say Eraserhead, but if I was if I was absolutely picking just one Lynch to go with, it was it would be Firewalk with me. Yeah, um, it's a good one because it really. It, I, and I also, I love the genesis of it. I love that basically um, Laura Palmer was really not, was meant to be a symbol, but was not really meant to be so much of a character, right? She was meant to be this this um, thing that drives a story and that you need to know enough to understand everybody's motivations and possible motives. 
but that basically, from what I understand, David Lynch was like, Shirley is so great. I want to keep working with her. I I want to make a movie for her. Mm -hmm. That it was like this kind of beautiful combination of still having ideas about the universe, but more saying, I want, I want this. I want everybody to see her play this character in a way that we didn't get to see. And and I love the sort of like, when you look back on it, because you, I'm not a true crime person. I don't really care for all of these, like, dead pretty young women stories that we turn into lifetime movies and such they make me uncomfortable i think there's something really weird about what tantalizes people about it mm-hmm. and in some in so many ways twin peaks is is the epitome of that but what it's doing is also digging in like peeling it up and saying well no it's it's not just this person it's this whole town and that's kind of twin peaks and that's you know the return but then fire walk with me is but let's actually look at that person. Let's understand mm-hmm. her and let's see her. And it is so, I mean, dreadful is the right word because it is like a Greek tragedy where she, it's like she knows and we know and it's not going to end well. And, and yet, and it, it still surprises you. And oof, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I want to watch it right now. Yeah. Uh, and that actually is a good lead in to my next one, which, um, Okay, I'm gonna say two. So one thing, it's my the newest one on my list. It is the 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 most recent movie. Okay. I also wondered if it was gonna be on your list, but in talking, but it thematically is actually a good, a really good um, pairing with Fire Walk with Me, because it's also about a teenage girl who senses something terrible is happening and maybe knows that she's going to die and knows that this is the end and that there's something to fight against, but she she can't do it. And we're also looking at it, not through her point of view, but through the points of view of all the people around her who loved her and lost her. And it is 2008's Lake Mungo. It is. Okay. So uh, it's on my, it's on my very long list of Of honorables of of like things to think about, things to talk about potentially. So there is that scene where it is a graphic. The first time I saw it, it's this around the cell phone and the lake or whatever that terrified me yeah truly but when i and that's why it's just on my list is like a talking point because i felt more and this is where i get weird i felt more dread and sadness like i i wept so hard i yeah. almost puked at this movie i watched it around the same time that i watched another earth a movie that also fills me with existential dread and makes me want to cry until i puke so it really gets categorized in the cry until i puke as opposed to like actually being afraid of it because i don't know that i felt fear during it so the first time i watched it curious to hear you talk about yeah the first time i watched it i I remember i got the netflix disc this is probably around 2010 or so somewhere Mm -hmm. over there and i knew people really liked it so it was one that i was like okay turn the lights out sit down watch it don't have distractions and i can't remember what point it was but at a certain point my like cat meowed or did something to where I jumped and I paused the movie and realized I, how tense I had been that I was sitting there that this one little sound just like, like that. And it wasn't that it was a jump scare. It was that this movie had wound me so tight because I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where we were going. I, but I knew it was taking me somewhere very dark that I actually, something I never do, I paused it, 
and got up and said, I'm going to use the bathroom. I said this to my cats. And and I did. And I didn't actually have to use it. I still remember this. I did not have to use the bathroom. I just was like, I need a break. I never do that. I want a movie to do that to me. I would never think of, oh, this is scary. I'm going to turn my head. But with this movie, it it tapped into something and it wound me up. And I was just so terrified of mm-hmm. where it was going. And you're right. It gives you one big scare. Right, it gives you this one really, really memorable image, and then it, it, but it doesn't like do that, and then and it does that, and then like deconstructs it, right? Because then it kind of talks about well, what was that? What did she, she saw that? What did it mean to see that? What does it mean? Um, you know, spoiler alerts to all of these, obviously, but to to know you're gonna die and to see it, to be confronted with that yep. image, and to be so young, and to know that there's no way out of this and you're just living the next couple of days knowing this is the end and maybe you'll leave something behind and it's still you're right in that like line of what disturbs you what upsets you and like Mungo like now probably when I revisit it it's more sad than it is scary but it it still to me taps into something very terrifying of of that of seeing being really physically in your face confronted with your own mortality and knowing your your time is limited and in this case it's really limited and and that's it and then i mean there's so much else about that movie that is just wonderful and brilliant and the way it's really dealing with grief and mm-hmm. other parts of it that i think i come to now differently but just go back to that aspect of it and the just terror of what this means for this character to me is still something that I don't know that many other movies have tapped into quite as well. For sure. It's definitely uh, one I think about regularly and I'm really glad we all seem to have come around to yes. how, how great it is. It gets cited as, you know, yep. faux documentary, great found footage, great, you know, it's great. I'm glad. I'm really glad Same. because it, it, it is it deserves so, it is so much of that. So much all at once. And and that's quite quite a quite a big deal, especially that late what did you say, 2010? twenty ten? Twenty I think it's two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out you know, we've been making movies for a really long time. And it managed <laughs> to be innovative and, and to do something very ways. new. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I'm glad you brought it up because yes, obviously all the things you say I agree with. Yeah. And I like what I like too is that I think now you can see its influence on movies, yeah. which is really interesting. That um, I, I could I've watched movies that have been made in the past ten years and said, "Oh, this is," and not copying it. Just like I finally watched we're, we're going to the World's Fair, and there's an image in there that I'm like, "Oh, this this director definitely is maybe winking at Lake Mungo." Um, Horror in the High Desert, which just had a sequel, which is a great found footage movie, which does this similar thing where it it like definitely crib notes in like good ways where it, this is a movie that finally is, is getting its respect but also i think mm-hmm. is going to keep showing up on i think you're going to see more and more f- horror filmmakers talk about their influences and talk about this movie which is exciting mm-hmm. so you're number five so my last one on my main list mm-hmm. um it's funny you said about Lake Mungo, like you just needed to walk away from it for a minute. Like you just needed it to stop. Yeah. Um, 
I will say that I actively avoid movies that make me feel that way. But <laughs> this one, this one did. Um, it, it's Grave Encounters. Oh, very nice. Grave Encounters is one of the last movies I saw as an adult that I felt overwhelmed by. Mm. Like, I was so scared that I, that I needed to stop. Wow. That's how scared it got me. And I think there are probably a lot of reasons. Um, it is found footage, but mm-hmm. it was found footage from a different angle. It was, mm. um, they were filming a, a ghost hunting style show, something that I was very familiar with. So I felt like deeply entrenched very early. I got what they were doing. I got who they were. And when it things started to go wrong, it felt very real to me and the stuff that it used as it scares the, the gags, the gimmicks, the visuals really spoke to me on like a personal level. There's like a bathtub gag. Mm. There's a lot of like things in corners, which are, you know, hacking cliche, but they're being presented as I'm, I'm walking through these rooms. I've walked through before I walked through these rooms when I wasn't scared. I walked through these rooms when it was daylight, but now these rooms are terrifying. So I think it gets into haunted house areas with me with that. And and there's nothing more terrifying to me than a really good haunted house movie. Well, and a haunted house movie where you, it's not just that you can't get away from it. You cannot get out. You can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Because the house is bigger than you thought it was. And and I think, and that's a really good point because I think that plays into my need to step away from it is probably stems from the fact that the characters themselves can't extricate themselves from it. It's a single night. It's not a family moves in and figure like with a lot of found footage stuff it is that that one hit like oh right. this happened right yeah, now and you don't want those external factors of mm-hmm. okay well then the next day we had friends come over and so yep. on yeah it's so it, it's very unrelenting and i can watch it now and look at the effects and be like oh okay like that's not as scary not as affecting i'm not off put by that like weird open mouth guy as much mm. but like i will say that the, the setup is still really scary. The, what happens to the characters still makes me very upset. And the visuals from that, there. if you see, sometimes I'll just see them randomly in a GIF. Like, and I don't hmm. think people know what they're using. Like the little girl in the corner and like the... Um, like the, the hospital gown when she turns around and her face distorts and her eyes yeah, get big and yeah, black. Yeah. That's from that movie. And I yes. see that gif everywhere. So, I mean, people, other people found it scary too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so grave encounters is, is I think I watched it when I was in New York. So 2011, I can't remember when it came out. I remember sitting in my chair and like, cover like both hands over my eyes like i just i just need a minute i can't i can't with this fucking movie (laughs) (laughs) and i and i still love it and it was uh directed by the vicious brothers yep and um colin minahan um yes who's gone on to make some movies we both love love him love him so like really uh, uh, turned out to be in my opinion a great filmmaker that is telling really interesting stories yeah. which makes it even more satisfying because i'm like i had a right to be scared this person has a deft hand <laughs> he wanted me to be scared <laughs> no i agree it it would not have been in my like scariest list but 
I really like that movie. I, for me, it does one of the best um, bait and switch uh, of movies I can think of when about 20 minutes in, when you kind of, it's presenting as like, we're ghost hunters, we're this, we're that, we're that. And then when yeah. it does that actual turn of like, okay, no, dude, we need you to, like, we're going to have you, uh, can you come on camera and say this? Like, it, it's done so well. And it also does that thing where it then tricks you because you're like, okay, yeah, these guys don't know shit. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it does happen. And I think the other part of what, why Graving Hunters, I think for me, stays memorable, it's, um, one of those fundamental fears I think I have is the whole, I walked into a room and the room is an ending and I can't get out and it's bigger mm-hmm. than I thought. And now it's going downstairs and now I can't get out because now this place keeps growing. And I think that probably comes from one of the scariest books I ever read, which was House of Leaves. Yeah. And it does like that. That's kind of the horror of it is that basically these people get trapped in a house because it's bigger than they thought. Somehow there's hidden staircases and they, they cannot get out. And it's one of those like, little things that will always get me in a movie uh and grave encounters does it because at a certain point it's just deeper and deeper and it it is very very terrifying i love it though yeah it's good <laughs> okay so those were were our five pretty Wait, good did you do five? Oh no i didn't you're right oh i forgot my five okay my fifth <laughs> i forgot that i let you went first okay so my fifth one um, I put it last because even though it is one of the earliest movies on my list, I didn't watch it probably until after most of the other movies. And it's one that when I first watched, I really liked it. I thought, wow, this is a classic. This is great. And it, I have revisited it once or twice. And every time I do, it, I find myself feeling clammy and feeling uh, emotionally terrified um, because what it taps into is is a very scary thing. And probably, like, when we didn't go so much into some of our, like, own deep fundamental fears, um, I have a few of those that I'll go over in, in my honorable mentions. But in the world that we live in, um, you know, there are certain aspects of who you are that might give you bigger fears of some things than other things. And I am, uh, I am Caucasian. I am lower middle class. I don't have reasons to fear the world quite as much as many other people do in terms of just this world being very unfair and cruel to different people for reasons that are not theirs. But the one thing I can say is I'm a woman. Growing up my whole life a woman. Um, and... There are people out there that just hate women. And that is a really fundamentally scary thing to realize. And my number five is 1975's The Stepford Wives. That's funny because I I couldn't pin down <laughs> what it is or what scene it was. or But it gives me similar really panicky feelings. Yeah. Um, I, I like the the remake for different reasons. That does not make me feel that way. Um, the, <laughs> and the book makes me feel a different way. But, mm-hmm. the, but the, that, yeah. this, this movie makes me feel yeah. like I'm... Unsafe. I'm being threatened. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Like, I feel like a, like a really real present threat. When I, when I watch it. Um, but I couldn't quantify that, so mm-hmm. I didn't go with it. But please know I did think of it. Oh, I love that you did. 
it it really because I've read the book and the, I mean you know you need the book for the concept and the book is fine yeah, yeah, yeah. and the book is very of its time the book is very 70s the movie what I love about the movie is that it is weird like if you might not know what time period it takes place in uh because it is made in the 70s the kind of modernness of it it does feel like it's 1975 mm-hmm. but there is a Victorian element to how the wives are styled which makes sense uh in the book they are they all basically become kind of they look like playboy bunnies is how they're described mm-hmm. and in the movie they're not they're wearing stiff long flowered dresses with high collars because i think what is really upsetting about stepford wives to me it is not just about oh my gosh the thought of my husband wants uh or all the men don't are afraid of women and they're going to do everything they can to hold them down like that's we we know that <laughs> that's out there but what is upsetting about Stafford Wives is that, like, it is not a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. It is just this idea of, no, we're the ones who have the power, they don't. So it is not, um, it's abuse, but it's not abuse in ways that I think the book kind of goes more for. In the movie, there is just this sense, because you have Catherine Ross and her husband, and there's something so horrifying about this man she's married to who is unremarkable and not anything. And yet, and he has this woman he is married who seems clearly to be this vibrant life force mm-hmm. and they have, and they have daughters. It's not just that they have kids, they have daughters and he makes the decision and we don't really see his decision process. We don't see his point of view. We shouldn't, but that this man who is right there, who is the, the man that she has chosen to live her life with, has looked at her and looked around and said, I would rather, you're not you're nothing to me, in part because you're more than me and I'm going to make you less than me. And what that says about him, what that says about what the world, like, what is he raising his daughters in after that? Mm-hmm. Um it just and it again like it's 2023 and we thought we were past all of this but wow look at the state of the world recently and what's going on and how women still don't really have full autonomy over bodies and isn't that (laughs) how about that and it's not that this is the first story to do that it's not that it is the most horrifying the most graphic but there is something about how this movie does it that i think is so timeless and really, every time I revisit it, I do have nightmares afterwards. And I do think about it because it just worms into you to realize this this aspect of who you are that makes you not safe. Um, and that is a scary, scary thing to realize. And I know many people have many more reasons of things that make them unsafe in this world. And that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it is, and I, I can grant this is a very white woman movie in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is a very effective one and one that I think really does say a lot and put a lot out there that, uh, once it's out there, it's, it's hard to take back. So. I want to watch it now. I know. It's so good. It is. It's very good. Yeah. It's streaming somewhere too. I know. I keep, I think it might be on Canopy. Maybe, yeah, I've clicked past it yeah. a couple times recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so those were our 10 scariest movies of all time. I love you, what you picked. 
I love I what you picked. Was surprised by some of it. Mm-hmm, sure. And there is one that I'm waiting for, <gasps> and I hope that it's in your acknowledgments or oh boy. What, however. <laughs> okay. My footnotes. Uh, so how do you want to do footnotes? So I I limited my footnotes. I have one, two, three, four, five, six runners up that I wanted to mention. Um, I don't. I have a couple, and then a, just a couple like concepts that I. Want. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, I put down also my list of um the three things that that scare me more than anything in the world. Uh, weirdly enough, only no two of them actually um have movies that are on my list as well from them. But like to me, uh, let me start with the scariest. Like your your um again, I keep using the word cosmetic, but it's easy. Your cosmetic fears. Those, yeah. like, things that you are, your phobias, your, the, ooh, like, ew, it's a spider. Like, that kind of stuff that scares you. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have two. Caterpillars, fuzzy black caterpillars or gray caterpillars. Okay. Not, like, exotic ones. Not green ones. Um, but the ones that are fuzzy that turn into moths. Yeah, the yeah. bushy. Yeah, yeah. The bushy yeah, ones yeah. that um, some summers in Long Island, they would uh, line, we would have like an influx of them where they you couldn't lean on a tree because they would be there and you'd lean on a tree and you'd squish a bunch. And I had just wow. thoughts that they would all come after me. You would walk, if you had like a tree lined street and you walked down it, they would just fall from the sky on you. Uh, and the way they move is very unnerving to me. Um, I used to like them as a kid. Like, I would collect them. Like, I would just, like, put a bunch together and put them in, like, a little, like, hole. And then, then like, that was fine. And then I would have nightmares. And they didn't start as nightmares. It started as dreams where I would, like, go into my bedroom and there would just be caterpillars everywhere. And it was like my dreams were trying to tell me to fear these things. So all that being said, I have never seen a movie that taps into my fear of caterpillars. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't really have, like, fear of a thing. It's, it's, it's concepts or like. So like if you were on fear factor, they wouldn't be able to like put you in a tub of ventriloquist dummies, let's say uh, my other one. No, I know that there's things, but they're, they're not like that. I don't know. This is really, this is really pulled back a layer of, I don't know (laughs) if I understand certain things about myself. I don't like to be scared. And yet I'm claiming that no physical things scare me. And also I'm afraid of everything all the time. I don't really know how to deal with that. But no, I'm not afraid of spiders or snakes mm-hmm. or clowns or, um, I don't know, I guess I'm afraid of disease. I'm afraid of afraid of dying. But um, so one of my uh, honorable mentions, I guess, is actually the deep house. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Because it's water and it's, wa- yeah. water is something on the more cliche end that is, scares me. Um, I don't feel like we belong in the water mm. just like space oh my god i didn't even put space in here there you go okay oh, we got two co- two big ones but so oh, the movies that scare me about sunshine sunshine should be on this list somewhere but water space the sky i didn't put final destination when the airplane explodes i think maybe i was trying to shield myself <laughs> <laughs> i like that you're like yeah no i'm not afraid of anything and then you've just given everybody now we all but, know how to scare you next time but like i don't know that i feel like water is like well yeah like either you're afraid of the water or you're not it's not like yeah. it's i can't swim well either so that's right. a part of it but deep house is a haunted house and it's underwater Underwater. so it's a it's a lot because haunted houses can scare me because they're supposed to be like a house is supposed to be safe 
And, mm-hmm. and like, and then it obviously, like, when I was growing up, my house was not safe. So I very much can relate to haunted house stuff because I understand the, the intrinsic fear that you can have in a house, like, that's supposed to protect you. Sure. So then when you when you plunge that underwater, it's just too much. So this was, that Deep House is one of the more recent movies that, I, like Grave Encounters, I was kind of like, this is a little too much. Right, tapping, like, kind of very specifically made for you. I get that. Yeah, like, I'm a little overwhelmed by this. Mm-hmm. And I might need to, like, talk through this uncomfortable moment or, like, stand up real quick. To yeah, I get it, I get it. <laughs> The uh, so one of the the other um, uh, frilly thing I'm afraid of is, as I mentioned, ventriloquist dummies. I I do physically find myself pulling at my collar and saying <laughs> when I see a ventriloquist dummy, and it could be like a Geico commercial. It could be I'm I happen to walk somewhere and there's somebody with, with a ventriloquist dummy. Why would there ever be somebody in public yeah. with one? Um, I just I they make me really uncomfortable uh just everything about them their their little mouths and their giant heads and their eyes that don't blink or they do blink i don't know everything about it and uh there have been a fair amount of movies that have been shows that have used them to, to varying effect but one that to me is not the scariest the movie itself isn't doesn't even feel like it's a horror movie it feels like it is more a drama that is just tapping into something that scares so many people that it often gets classified as horror mm-hmm. and that is magic I had a feeling that yeah. this might be here. Yeah. Uh, and again, um, my favorite um, behind the scenes story was that um, Anthony Hopkins is playing ventriloquist and Richard Attenborough, director, said, well, get comfortable with the, do- the dummy here. Like, take it home, like, learn how to play with it, get get used to it so you can act with it. And he brought it home, and by midnight, he called the director and said, you need to come and pick this up, or I'm going to set it on fire. Because even Anthony fucking Hopkins was that scared of that dummy. So, I, I understand that, because I, I I grew up with the Twilight Zone episode yeah. of, of yep. that, with that, that dummy. I, I, I get it. I just, that never, that never spoke to me in any, any way, which is interesting. Like, I never felt like appealed to mm-hmm. with 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 dolls or dummy stuff i think it's so interesting that you did yeah or and do for, <laughs> i don't know why me, i'm saying it in the past and still, well it's funny because dolls today don't I, I now it's one of those things where i'm just fascinated by them where i love a weird looking doll a scary doll i want to walk into if we go somewhere and you discover there's a doll museum or an antique store, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to get to go into a room, there's just going to be dolls everywhere, I am thrilled. I love it. But as a kid, there was a very specific, like, childhood trauma that made me afraid of dolls. And so, and I carried that for the longest time, and I would, and I would go into a movie knowing, oh, if there's a doll scene, I might be really uncomfortable. But also, I wanted to be uncomfortable, so I gravitated towards it. Um, And for the most part, like, dolls don't scare me today. I'm still convinced that every one of them is alive, so there's that. But ventriloquist dummies still do. And it's like, I can say, oh, no, they don't really scare me, but I will physically... Let's say if I'm holding an egg, I am not holding an unbroken egg if a dummy comes on the TV. Like, it just physically, I realize I tighten yeah. up just thinking about them. So, there's that. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I will just say another movie that has creeped me out or done things recently is Underwater. Oh, which uh, I still have not seen. I was going to watch it a few weeks ago, too. It's not, like, there are a couple, like, icky 
scary situations. It is again on underwater, mm-hmm. as the title would lead you to believe. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I think that adds to it the claustrophobia, the unescapableness yeah. of being underwater. There's a couple icky, like kind of gross gags, nerve wracking, you know, things. But yeah, that one really got to me. Uh, a good one that I'll pair that with that I don't know how close it was on your list. But to me, if I'm thinking, what is a really fucking scary movie? Uh, that also has very good themes of being trapped, The Descent. Yeah, I actually, I saw that pop up when on a list that I saw, and then I really tried to, like, extrapolate if I could, if I got there with it, and I mm. never really felt, the claustrophobia was there, and the implications and the, um, well, not implications, but when you watch the original ending that, like, she never gets out. Yeah, like, which thankfully is, is the way I watched it the first time. Not And I me. think that makes a big difference, Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see it that way. So there you go. That could have been why I, it never flagged as yeah. like really terrifying for me because that getting stuck, you know, yeah. being trapped kind of thing. Yeah, that was one too that um, I watched by myself when I, I was living in Korea at the time. I was home alone. And it was one of those like, oh, I, I heard something good about this. Let, let me watch it. And I watched it on my computer and it was very claustrophobic. And it was just one of those glorious, oh, I didn't know I was getting this. Yeah. Uh, and all of everything about it worked so well to where when I have, uh, I remember the second time watching it and realizing like when I watched it like on a Blu-ray, there's a scene early on where you see the outline of a creature and you don't see that like if you're watching it on a computer you you can't make that out mm-hmm. and it means when it shows up you have no idea because I, I remember going into it i had no idea if there i didn't know there were monsters i just knew it was a yeah. horror movie so i thought the horror was they were trapped in a cave because once that cave wall goes in it's oh my gosh this is horrifying yeah but then suddenly there's this monster and if you see the monster ahead of time or if you just see that there is something following them it's like oh that would have taken me out that would have just like taken that element away from me so yeah sometimes it's it's fresh to do it that way i hmm, i'm trying to think what else i want to talk about oh okay real real quick um there are aspects of as above so below Mm, okay uh, that that have really scared me the first time i saw it really unsettled me to the point of feeling scared um again another claustrophobic underground underground yeah. there is water in that too mm-hmm. there's a little water gag in that that makes me really uncomfortable i can see that and then there i will say explicitly if you have seen it there is a scene with a car and so underground they just show turn a corner and there's a whole fucking car yeah. underground, and a character meets an untimely yep. end with the car something about that thing being where it shouldn't and doesn't yeah. make sense i think a lack of logic and and there's something mm-hmm. i i felt this way when you were talking about um exorcist 3 specifically yep. when something decides to not follow earthly logic i get really uncomfortable yeah Oh, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but Vivarium is also... Yeah, oh. It decides it's not following rules anymore, and I just go like, well, I hate this. This is terrible. (laughs) Vivarium, for me, um, I'll tie that into another one I had on my runners-up, which is a movie you and I saw together. Uh, uh, Another... A a movie that taps into something very deep within me, which is a fear of having children. I, I don't want to be a mother. I have not wanted to be a mother for a long time. Um... I think, I, I don't think I'd be a terrible mother, but it's more, I am terrified of what I would feel and how I would 
not want to have made this decision and then have this decision made. And Vivarium, to me, is very much about that. It is, uh, imagine one day suddenly being trapped in this house with a screaming child and you are you have to take care of it. And that's your, mm-hmm. your new world. And it, it's Imogen Poots who also, I think, can, can tap into that really well. Um, but another movie that does that, uh, I don't know if you figured it out, we need to talk about Kevin. I didn't even, yes, fully, fully, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. I I love that movie. We saw that movie together. We did, yes. And it is one that, again, usually not, I, I would not consider it a horror movie. Uh, it, it also taps into something else that I'm really scared of. Like my fundamentally, if, if you held a gun to my head and said, what is something you are more scared of than anything in the world? It is somehow being the cause of somebody else's death. <gasps> Whoa! I, I am, it's why I am such a ridiculously careful driver. I just can't, if I was behind the wheel and I, I made the wrong decision and somebody died because of that, I, I know for me, that is the scariest thing in the world to face. The idea of killing somebody that I did not want to kill or intend to kill. And when you talk about it's not, I mean, in a way there is something to it of Tilda Swinton's character who didn't want children, but for whatever reason decided to have this child and this child knew it, and this child somehow, and also maybe he didn't, maybe there, there's an element of that movie that you watch and you say, how much of this child was that, and how much of that was her projecting onto the child? But regardless, the result was this child somehow grew up knowing this about her, and therefore goes and kills people, and it, is that her fault? Like, And that she lives with it after, and that she kind of deliberately tortures herself with it like she doesn't Mm -hmm. move she stays in town knowing everybody looks at her and knows who she is and what she what she was responsible for and just that aspect of it to me is just so terrifying i i get that i it's so interesting that you bring this up for that reason i had recently seen like a thread on twitter of people like you know when people ask a question the question was uh what is a a movie that's not a horror movie Mm, that is actually a horror movie that kind of thing sure and i immediately thought my first thought was we need to talk about kevin but it's because i'm afraid of teenage boys yes that too like there's a and i and in uh better watch out does this yes um i love movies that fucking throw in my face how aggressively terrifying that aged boy can be yeah because especially I was... to an older woman who yeah. is in a weird power dynamic there yep. where you like you feel like you have a responsibility in that situation uh but you also can very easily get into some something very bad and yeah it's a dynamic that is um more not to say like more interesting than you know an older man and a teenage girl like it's not just that it's that there is no. this flip because there is the teenage boy still has power i guess yes thank you right so, so it's different when it's a when it's an adult male and a teenage girl the power dynamics are different right and that in and of itself can be exploited and it's scary and it's upsetting and even when the the younger woman fights back in like a hard candy situation then you have you you've gotten into rape revenge territory mm-hmm. and all that and i think it's fascinating it's great those are some of my favorite movies but when it's 
inverted and it's a teenaged boy and an adult yeah. or older woman that teenaged boy still has the essence of power that yes. that woman doesn't yep. and i don't i don't think that that's a universal thing i but in my life in my lived experience a teenage boy has more power he has more uh rights i guess yeah. essentially and i mean typically I... more physical power so yep. there's that too and yeah. and and knows it mm-hmm. and and for me it's not so much of the it's not so much that a man can overpower me or a younger even a younger man can overpower me it's that they know they can right or that they come at me thinking that they know they can and it's that dynamic that will immediately make me will cow me it will shut me up it will make me step back because you you think that you can yeah do something and and i feel like uh kevin it embodies that in a very very real way like that boy does not give a fuck about what hilda swinton says thinks or does and he in the movie proves he doesn't have to right and he challenges it he pushes it the way the way he dresses in that movie yes and and i mean that's from the book too where like he wears clothes that are too small to show his body yep why why and it's not like oh to be sexy no it's because it it gives you this yeah that he's popping out of his clothing and also making you uncomfortable as a woman as somebody that looks and then says oh my god i shouldn't be looking at that part of a boy it is complicated and and disturbing and awkward and then you add all these other elements of oh and also it's your fault which i feel like that movie is very much exploring and it is just for me it is my nightmare I get that. That yeah. that's a good one. That's a great movie. It is. It is. All right, give me a few more. I got a few more. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pair these. I didn't. I didn't include them, but it's kind of when things get uh, mystical or when they get supernatural mm-hmm. and the world stops working right. Um, I put I, Prince of Darkness and Mouth of Madness. Ooh. Okay. My list. Um, there's unsettling aspects about both of them that the world stops working yeah right the the world of mouth of madness is is not right it is now changed and i don't know how to live in a world that looks like that and prince of darkness is almost like the it's that as well but it's the lead up to that like with all the the transmissions and the alice cooper stuff there's like stuff happening that's not right and people aren't realizing it yet Mm. Uh, and they live you could even kind of put in there that that like something is happening it's changing the way the world works and we don't know yet Mm. yeah is very scary to me Uh, you know i didn't write it down but i would pair with that and for me it's the original is the one that's that's the most powerful but invasion of the body snatchers (laughs) yes we just watched always steps into that last night which one did you watch puppet masters Oh, nice, nice. It's like a body, it's a body oh, yeah. catcher style it's the, uh, movie. Also but, Donald Sutherland, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but because I was thinking, I was thinking what I put bo- body snatchers on here or even the blob, like the oh, 90s yeah. blob I oh, was thinking love, about. I love that blob. Again, yeah, a painful way reasons. to die. That's why that blob gets me because that looks very painful. It does. Yeah, gross too. Um, let's see. Okay, another oldie that I had on here. This goes back. We covered this in like year one of our show. But on the kind of similar to the Stepford Wives as far as like a, a basic fundamental scary thing 
but that it handles it so specifically the way it handles it is what makes it terrifying and that is uh the collector with terrence stamp and Susanna york because yeah i loved that movie when we watched it it is just a fundamental boy gets obsessed with a girl kidnaps her puts her in his very fancy underground lair and wants her to love him and tries and she resists but she she's so smart in that movie and she tries everything and she is constantly making really smart decisions of figuring out how to do things and it doesn't matter because in the end he's a little bit bigger than her and he has the key and she doesn't and it is not um again it's a story that like yeah there's a million stories like that but it is done in such a way where you understand why it is such a losing battle and it's so upsetting and whenever i think about that movie i get sad it's a tough one. I'm noticing a lot of your picks are about being trapped. I guess they are. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. I, I feel that because I, I feel like I am tangential to that. But but yours are, you aim, edge towards being trapped by people or entities. Yes. And I'm more like, you know, concepts. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I don't know I, why. I, I think it's the... I guess that is, it goes back to like this fundamental thing of like the idea of, I don't know, like you, you know what you can do, you know what you can't do, you know this, you know that, like, at the end of the day, like, I know, like, I am in this body, I am of this mind, and I don't have a lot of this stuff or that stuff or that stuff, but like, I have me, I know who I am, I know what I am capable of, and the idea of taking that out of me and putting it into a box somewhere and putting somebody else in me. So that part too, body swapping Mm -hmm. and somebody taking my body and all that. And like not having autonomy is, is very scary to me. I, yeah, for good reason. I, it's all completely valid. I just think it's so interesting to hear you articulate it that way and see what, triggers that in you i think it's it's really fascinating this has been quite illuminating i know hasn't it yeah um i have a combo real quick uh conjuring interesting i don't think the conjuring was scary movie and i didn't like the end and i don't like the the uh what are those aspect of it those people it's too religious and all the i don't know why i can't think of words right now but anyways that's not neither here nor there the conjuring is a visually stunning movie i stand by that and there are some set pieces and setups there is the hands clapping mm, yep I, which it come just comes out of the dark so for me conjuring isn't like it more gives me scary visuals yeah it's a movie that when you're watching you are jumping you are scared yes and yep. and the first time i watched it during the hand clapping and there's somebody jumps out of like the the cupboard or the the armoire or something there are a couple things like that that scared me so much i thought i'm never watching this again (laughs) like this is just too scary for me because it's it's stuff like that 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 really gets me they're like disembodied hands and like spiritual spirits ghost stuff that don't follow rules Mm, like i can just pop out of something and disappear and then annabelle specifically because there is there is a scene in in their like laundry room area of the building they live in that is very scary to me she's being chased by something unseen and it really taps into that like 
as a woman, sometimes I don't feel safe existing in certain spaces. Yeah. And there are parts of Annabelle that I feel like get into that. Um, but yeah, just Annabelle is a, is a concept. That movie is, is very Rosemary's baby kind of yes, yes. tangential. So it, it gets me in the same kind of ways Rosemary's baby might, um, you know, like the people, the lack of autonomy, the not actually knowing what yeah. you're, what, what you're involved in. And not being um, believed. And also yeah, because yeah. you're not believed, you also start to doubt whether you yep. should be believed. And that, that yep. is a horrifying thing. Yep. 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 So, so those are two of my more mainstream newer. Nice. Like these movies scared me. <laughs> That's exciting. I have one that now is not very new, but felt new at the time, which was, I think it's in 1999, uh, the Japanese film Pulse. Yeah, I've actually never seen, oh. I saw this come up on a list too. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it. I saw the American one, which I believe I mentioned to you, and yep. you told me to watch the original because it's like really it's apocalyptic. It, it It's... So the, I, I, it's been a really long time since I watched the American remake. I only saw it one time. The Japanese original is, it's funny because I, the first time I watched it was something I used to try to do was whenever I would move somewhere, like the first night in a new, new place, if I was alone, I would try to watch a scary movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I watched Pulse. It was when I lived in Russia and I was like all alone in in a new country. I didn't speak the language and I watched this fucking terrifying movie. And Pulse is, uh, it is, you know, early internet horror, but not like it really, the internet is part of it, but they don't go into it. Uh, it is just something, there's some kind of plague of some sort making people maybe take their lives and something's out there. We don't know. We never really know. Mm -hmm. It does go by the time it ends. It takes on a much bigger, broader picture where it is not confined to one place. Um... And it is, it's one that I rewatched it like a couple years later and I wasn't as enamored with it. And then like two years later, I watched it again. I was like, no, what was I kidding? This is terrifying. And I had thought about like recently, the last like couple of years, I was like, you know, my husband's never seen it. We should sit down and watch Pulse. Like he's got to see it. Such a good, scary movie. And then like COVID was happening. And I thought to myself, no, this is actually a, could be a really upsetting movie to watch during COVID. Just because it is very much about connections to people and a lack thereof and what that does to you and sort of like how much do you exist without other people being there mm-hmm. and, and seeing you. Mm-hmm. And this this idea of disappearing, I think, is one that always um, always freaks like me out. Like Mungo. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the reasons that one gets yeah, to me. Yeah, So So, yeah, and it's, it's scary. Like, it, it is gorgeous. It's... um. Forget the directors for it's Kurosawa, but not that Kurosawa. It's the other Kurosawa, and he yeah. also made a movie called Cure, very, very close, like a year or two before. That is equally unnerving and also a, a really scary movie. Uh, they've they've aged in different ways, um, but it it's again, it's one that stays with you and can make you. Just, and there's a lot of scary moments. There's a lot of dark rooms and not wanting somebody to open a door and they open the door, that kind of thing. But there's just kind of a very deep sadness about it that it's this idea that like once it seeps into you, you can't shake it. And once you mm-hmm. get this feeling, it's there and you basically become a ghost. And that's scary. Yes. Yeah. Oh. 
Alright, tell uh, me what else you got. I only have one more on mine. I have one more, and it is just a brief moment, and I felt like I needed to mention mm-hmm. it, but I was too scared to watch it for years. This is from a movie that I grew up watching, watched dozens and dozens of times, and there was one specific scene in it I could not watch. I would turn away, I would leave the room, and... uh it is from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Large Marge. <laughs> it is Large Marge. That's a good one. It's funny. <laughs> as you were saying this, I'm thinking, are you going to say my movie? The next one I have. You didn't. But as soon as you started, kept going, I'm like, it's Large Marge. It's definitely it's, Large Marge. It's fully, fully Large yeah. Marge. I saw it the first. So I love Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I always loved it. And there's a couple, when you're young, very young, there's a couple things that are scary. And it, they're kind of supposed to be scary. Like, Francis chewing the blackout gum is like weird looking and the clown clown doll yeah yeah so there's a couple things that are like weird but I liked that I Mm -hmm. I, I was okay with that so but the first time I saw Large Marge it scared me so much that I said I will continue to watch this film with you people but I will not (laughs) watch this part ever again and I was a full adult the first time I watched it and I was like oh that's not that bad it, but it is like because it, it, it like by that point in the movie things have kind of calmed down a little bit like you haven't had too much zaniness in a while and it's a quiet scene and like yep. it's even done as a ghost story right she's telling you you know a night just like this but the timing of it it's just one of those where you're like man how has Tim Burton never really just made a straight out scary horror movie yeah like and he hasn't he's made horror adjacent in a million different ways but just for him to just th- the crafting of that scene and it's the Chiodo brothers who did um killer clowns matter space who did large marge who did the design of it and just when it happens it is just it, it is it and it does exactly what it's supposed to do it, it is that thing as a little kid that scares you but isn't that scary to where like you shouldn't have seen it like it's a monster it's, it's just yeah. a monster and then it goes away but it is so effective it's done so amazingly yeah i'm with you uh mine is i don't think the scene was intended to do that but it is also a movie that was made for kind of a young you know teenage and children audience and was not in any way intended to be scary or to give emily nightmares um but superman 3 the motherfucking robot scene. I have only I I have seen it a very long time ago. I know of what you speak yeah. though. It's like it's a movie. It's a Superman movie. It's not a very good Superman movie, but fine. It's a Superman movie. It's you know there's fights, there's this, there's action, and so on. And then somewhere in the movie, uh, electricity's going wonkers, and it drags one of our villains into this electrical chamber, and suddenly metropolises her and makes her into a robot. And she gets burned. I guess burning was also something that really, or like electricity burning freaked me out a lot as a kid. I can and, get that. Yeah. And she's got this crazy hair and suddenly she emerges mm-hmm. and she's walking like a zombie and sh- and looks at people and shoots lasers out of her eyes. And it is like, I think it's like a 30 second scene. If you start Googling Superman three, immediately robot lady comes up. Cause so many people like me yes, have done that the where they're like, Oh, how bad was that scene? And they watch it. They're like, Holy fuck. Why did I watch that again? But it is just visually in terms of like those images. I remember we had um, 
like cards. It wasn't playing cards, but it was the way like movies would put out decks of cards that would be scenes from the movie. Yes, yes. yes and yes. we had one of Superman three, and it, there was one that was that scene. And I remember hiding it so that because I didn't like I wouldn't throw it away, but I didn't want anybody to like I didn't want to look at it. So I remember like hiding it in like my brother's mattress, so nobody would ever see it again. It was a scary image. <laughs> Damn scary. I understand. I, I completely understand. I am going to say I am genuinely surprised uh, Return to Oz is nowhere you know, to be found. You know, it is one that I, I thought about because both Wizard of Oz, also the Flying Monkeys and Wizard of Oz, as a kid freaked me out, but got over them quickly. Return to Oz as a kid was the wheelers are, were so upsetting to me. And I mean, the heads are also scary, but it's the wheelers that really upset me. Um... But it's one that by the time I like revisited it enough to where they are very quickly dispatched as not that like they're pretty beatable. Um, although like them falling into sand and disappearing is kind of terrifying in itself. But yeah, that was my thing where I'm like, you know, like they're scary, but it's pretty clear that they're not very smart. So you can actually get away from them. So mm-hmm. yeah. I understood. I, yeah. I understand that. <sighs> yeah. Any more on yours that you wanted to throw out there? Uh, I don't think so. I think I got to pretty... Oh, Blair Witch. The first time nice. I saw nice. it. When I saw it in the theater. The uh, Everything leading up to the very end. That Her running around, yep. screaming, running in the house, little handprints on the wall, oh, yeah. going to the... Ba- that was awful the first time I saw it. <laughs> it's, it's still awful when I rewatch it. Yeah. But, you know. I think that was one where... I remember going to see it on a Friday night and we drove to one movie theater and it was sold out. So we had to drive to another movie theater a couple towns over. And it was such an exciting movie to watch in a packed theater. Mm -hmm. And as much as I, I do, I think that is a scary movie. I think the ending works. I think my first experience with it was so, um, I could not fully immerse myself in the movie because I was so fascinated by everybody's reactions because the entire theater was screaming and jumping and laughing to where, like, I got to kind of, like, it felt like I was sitting back and watching people watch a horror movie and not immersed in it myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the times where sometimes, like, the movie theater experience as or, like, the communal theater experience, as, as great as it can be to enhance a movie... Uh, and to like, I love that moment when you watch a horror movie where everybody screams and then everybody laughs. And it's not that it's funny. It's that everybody is laughing at how ridiculous it is that we're all screaming at this thing. Yeah. But it also is something that like, I can't not notice when I'm watching a movie. Um, so I remember with that movie, it ending and like looking at like the first thing I couldn't think about the ending of the movie. All I could think about is my friend next to me saying, um, can I stay at your house tonight? Like, and that, and how scared everybody around me was and just thinking like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy this happened. (laughs) It's so funny how uh, early interactions with something can really color the way you view it. Like, that's why I'm so weird about when I'll watch a movie. Same, yeah. Because, like, this could literally... (laughs) I'm so extreme. This could change my life. It could. <laughs> well, and it's why I always ask you when you're telling me about a movie and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch it. I Do I need to watch it in one sitting or in can I break sitting, it up? Because yep, yep. it does. It, 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 is, it can be not unfair to a movie, but there are movies that, I mean, if you watch Lake Mungo in installments, it is not going to, it would not have done that thing to me that it did. And 
if a movie could do that, I want to give it the chance to do that. <laughs> That's why Skinner Rink was such a disappointment to me, because I'm like, bring it, I'm ready, I'm ready. I, I, I turn the lights out, I have headphones in, sensory deprived, give it to me. And I was like, oh man, I'm not taking it. <laughs> so it, it does, it can totally affect it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Well, what a fun conversation. I know. So everybody, please tell us what your scariest movies are. Uh, I'm very curious um, to hear what more people would, would put on their lists or if there's anything that we said that you were like, oh, yeah, that was me too, but I didn't realize anybody else had that feeling. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm always curious about, like, weird little, like, oh, when a movie does something like this, or when, yeah. like, what gets people? Because my mom has this thing where she doesn't like things running at the camera, mm, like, if that yeah. makes sense to you. Yep. Um, she she really doesn't like that. She doesn't like things on the ceiling. So, yeah. orientation to my mom in a movie is very important. If I can see in, that. Like, Pet Cemetery a, Zelda. I think that's why so that's many people cite exactly that moment. Yeah. The, the example she will give, she cannot watch that part. Yeah. She will just leave. At, <laughs> and yeah. Like, and I get that, but that's never been anything that upset me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I always found it fascinating that she would really, like, like things floating when they shouldn't. She really right. zeroes in on stuff like that. Mm. And so I always find what people respond to or don't respond to uh, really fascinating. Yeah. I think children do, like, doing things they shouldn't is one that yeah. gets me. Like, yeah. again, children singing, but also children's, like... Um, it's not to me scary, but the way like Resident Evil has like the little girl as the exposition giver, like those little things that just make me like, oh, you're a child and you know more than you should. And there's something very wrong about that. That'll get me. Yep. I get that. Yeah. Oh, fun. Okay, folks. Well, tell us all of your fears so we can exploit them. That's yep. the one thing that I we probably should have thought about is like, if somebody doesn't like us, are they going to start sending like bushels of caterpillars to my house well, see, to worry this, about that. this is the thing when you're afraid of 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 space big large yeah open yeah. bodies of water or space someone would have to invest a lot of money but to do could. that like we've watched enough movies where we have seen really like i mean look at saw like you can do a really elaborate murder plan for somebody just to fuck with them yeah like somebody could plop you up and they have built a yacht just for you and the, the yacht is astronomical themed. So inside the yacht, it's space. And outside the yacht, it's water. And like you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And it, yeah, it's costing millions of dollars to keep you there every day. But somebody's doing it because they listen to this episode and they know that that would be your worst nightmare. Yeah. I mean, these are these are the risks of being a, a really open, honest podcast. That's true. That's I true. I mean, people, you don't understand what we put out there for you. We're being very vulnerable. Very much, very much. All right. Well, on that note, we don't know what we're doing next. We'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that off, off mic and figure it out. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody. So I guess, you know, make sure you follow the rules that you have set when you were six years old and wear socks in the basement and, um, you know, run quickly and uh, do whatever you need to do to not get killed by the, you know, dolls or, or goblins or, or ghosts or, or whatever it might be that's after you. Yeah, look in the toilet before you sit down. Always, without super question. Super easy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not that hard. Just lift it up. Look. Do you did you lift up both seats and do the like look at the rim and then look behind um, it? No, because okay. that would be too scary. I had a brief arachnophobia <laughs> period where I would look under the toilet on both sides to make sure there were no spiders. So that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I mean logically it does make sense. 
But okay, folks, so be careful out there. It's a scary world. Goodbye. You remind me of the babe. Babe with the power. Power of voodoo. 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 Remind me of the babe. I saw my